0: The volume
1: with your Amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to
0: select campus miss events while supplies last
1: make every tap music to your ears. Let
2: me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.
0: made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping Everybody, it's Harvey Levin.
2: You know TMZ.com and our television shows for breaking news, big stories all over the world. Well, we are now doing it in a podcast. We're doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, where we're going to dig deeper into the stories that we break and follow on the website.
0: So you can check out our podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check it out. The TMZ podcast now available on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream.
4: The J-Boy Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet all the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's many reasons why I like using it. I mean, betting on the NFL, they're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, but I love the fast payouts. I'm huge on that, and you get it as quick as two hours. That's tough to find and even harder to beat. Uh, and, you know... The convenience of it You know that there's a lot Going on there's a lot of games Whether it's live betting Whether it's betting Before the games You know the spread or you taking the overs The unders They make it unbelievably Easy to use And the boosts The odds The specials that they run uh, Are unbelievable You get risk free bets And same game parlays You get enhanced odd markets And a ton more It's just a win win For everybody And if you're new Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app To get started now And sign up with the Promo code JBOY That's J-B-O-Y Let them know That I sent you 21 and older And present in Arizona Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem, call 1 800 next step or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1 888 789 quadruple 7 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan, Tennessee. Redline 1 800 889 9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia
1: live from the college football hall of fame welcome to the j-boy show on the volume presented by fan duel and hosted by jake crane this
5: is roman harper this is Derek Stingley jr this is david pollock and you're watching the j-boy show and you're watching
1: the j-boy show and thanks for watching the j-boy show
4: look we had a great time me and the Wolfpack did had a great time in vegas But I'm not going to lie, damn, it feels good to be back live here in the College Football Hall of Fame. You talk about racking up the air miles, and y'all know me. Look, this is our show. This is the people's show, as this pop filter is is just falling apart over here. Uh, I literally walked around 45 minutes to an hour to find my car in the Atlanta airport
3: today. You did today. Like,
4: going back. We left Vegas this morning, had a flight left out at 6 a.m., you know, got up pretty early. and, And, you know, at the end of the day, that's Pacific time, too. Oh, you know, that's Pacific time, then a central time, then an Eastern time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're we're kind of regrouping, but it's great to be back live. Shout out to the Booster Club, the greatest grassroots movement since grass. We're going to get to the them today. Is, yeah. Oh, we're going to get to y'all today. But I best believe it. It's so funny. I had so many people hit me up saying, hey, man, I was asking questions in the chat the past two days, not realizing y'all weren't live. Good. I couldn't answer But you know what? We're coming back. It's Hi, working. And and believe me, the interviews we got, Carson Palmer, Aaron Taylor, you're going to see today. I mean, you go to CJ Spiller, Spiller, I mean, you go down the list. We got some really good stuff and got a great show for you today. I want to talk a little bit about this Chip Kelly to Oregon situation. Uh, now that Oregon is open with Mario Cristobal, mama called, he went back home. You know, does Chip kind of go back home, per se, you know, him and pull pull a Gordon Bombay and let's go back and run it with the Ducks, you know, one more time. Going to talk about that. Aaron Taylor, former standout Notre Dame offensive lineman, College Football Hall of Fame member. Shout out to the National Football Foundation for putting us up out there. It was unbelievable. He's going to join us to talk some Notre Dame, talk some playoff. And then Oklahoma. Are they better prepared in the long run? Let's say three to five years with Brent Venables at the helm going into the SEC? I think there's a legitimate argument you can make that they are. We're going to bring on Parker Thune. Does a great job uh, for 247 Sports for Oregon. Going to talk with him about that. And then your questions. We are devoting a whole block to the Booster Club questions. And you better get ready. The bowl pick'em is coming fast and furious Vin Diesel style. So we're going to have a bowl pick'em. Had to decide if I'm to do it on Yahoo, ESPN, exactly how we're going to do it. But we are going to do and it's going to be a lot of fun. Had a great reach on uh, Twitter, a great response on Twitter. But I want to talk about this Chip Kelly back to Oregon. To me, UCLA, he's fine there right now. Hadn't really got a quarterback in there that, that, is, that is elite, that you can really see it. But if you're Chip Kelly, still when I think of Chip Kelly, I think of Oregon. Sure. I, I really do. And what he did, you know, the, the offensive style that he helped kind of introduce as well. Uh, but when you look at the fit, you know the lay of the land. You know, you know the administration. You know where to go to get a good burger, duck burger, whatever whatever they're eating out in Oregon. You know how to recruit there, and his style fits Oregon. Because when you think of Oregon, what do you think of? You know, spreading it out, hurrying it up. Under Mario Cristobal, they were kind of more traditional. I mean, you would have some aspects of it that were a little bit different. But if Chip Kelly goes back to Oregon, why not? Yeah. With the coaching carousel now, Why not? You got Lincoln Riley going to USC from Oklahoma. You got Brian Kelly going Notre Dame to LSU. You got Venables finally, you know, uh, jumping out of the nest, bringing Jeff Levy with him, something we talked about at nauseum on here uh, and whether it was a good decision or not for Levy to get out of under the Lane Kiffin wing, which, by the way, 2020, number three overall offense. 2021, I believe they're number four. And Jeff Levy has a lot to do with that. It's not just Lane Kiffin. But Chip Kelly to Oregon just makes sense. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense. And so people say, Oh, well, why would you leave a Pac twelve school to go to another Pac twelve school? That stuff happens. I think Chip Kelly is in a better position at Oregon to win to, to win big and, and get back on that kind of national stage than UCLA. I mean, come, what do you say?
5: Yeah, look, I mean, the fit is so mutual when I think of this, the the a, a, as well as the past performance, right? Like Chip Kelly hasn't really done a whole lot to, to write home about since he left mm-hmm. Oregon, and really vice versa. I mean, Oregon hasn't done better than they had done under Chip Kelly, right? So it's sort of like, to me, it brings to mind the Bobby Petrino-Louisville situation, yeah, right? Yeah, Where yeah. it's like, yeah, I you like would have loved it if the next person came in and just blew it out of the water, and you don't have to go back to a former coach that you had. But it kind of worked with Louisville a little bit. You had Bobby Petrino. You know, the first time he left for greener pastures, realized they actually weren't greener and came home. Could have a similar situation here with Chip Kelly. And maybe that's just what he needs to sort of ignite that magic that he had that first time because they, this was – I thought this was the best season that he has had since he left Oregon, right? This yeah, UCLA I agree. Team. Yeah, I agree. You could see the pieces are starting to get put together and maybe that's perfect timing yeah. to yeah, go
4: and, home. and, but, you know, Chip Kelly is, is not an elite recruiter. Like, like he's he's not. He's just not a guy that's going to go out there and beat Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and even Mario Cristobal and these guys on the trail. He's not. Uh, he's a guy that, that is going to you know obviously retreat, uh, treat recruits right. Uh, he's going to bring in guys that that you know are, are lean offensively. You feel like with Chip Kelly, it's obviously he's an offensive guy. He kind of leans offensively. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's not a dominant recruiter. Going to a place like Oregon. That has the, the swag they have. That has the resources they have. Not that UCLA doesn't, but Oregon to me recruits itself more yeah. than UCLA does. And yeah. I think Chip Kelly is the type of guy that he needs that because he's schematically, chips uh, That's what he does. There's yeah. a reason he went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Schematically, Chip is fine. It's it's that recruiting. You know, we and and he's not a Dan Mullen type person personality wise, but I just feel like that other extra feather in the cap, you give him a little bit of that built-in advantage at yeah. Oregon with 938 different uniform combinations, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, I just feel like the fit's better, and I think he should do
3: it. Yeah, I feel like Chip Kelly's system sells itself. Right? Especially what you see, like, for recruiting-wise. Uh, you go mm-hmm. back to Oregon, you remember that Chip Kelly offense? It was basically a track meet every game. Oh, yeah. Every game was a track meet. And you go back to UCLA, and you kind of go through his records of what he's done there. So, first year, three and nine, second year, four and eight, third year three and four when I was COVID year, this year eight and four. So you know you what you're getting with Chip Kelly. and was, You're getting a really good football coach showed in the league, did it with Sam Bradford. And I think, uh, you know, when you do think of Chip Kelly, you do think of Oregon. And I think what Chip Kelly will bring back to Oregon is kind of that, that velocity, that high-flying offense. Because when I think of Oregon, that's what I think of. And Chip Kelly, when you get Chip Kelly, you're immediately hiring an identity. And it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah,
4: that, that's a great way to put it. I mean, I think you really are hiring an identity. And, yeah. and, and again, I think of Oregon. You know, I think of the flying V uh, on the hockey on the hockey ice. Gordon
5: Bombay. Gordon
4: Bombay. Gordon Bombay but Bombay, but I, I also think of high flying, fast pace, wide splits on offense. Kind of a similar kind of Art Browse kind of flavor. The way they do the splits with the wide receivers. So we're going to see what's the Booster Club saying, Blaine. Um, we got a question here from Murph Gaming hashtag Ooh. Ask Boy. Could you see Lane Kiffin or
3: Aranda going into Oregon?
4: <laughs> uh, look, I think I- I've talked about this. Dave Aranda to me is in a great spot. I, I think he's literally playing three D chess. He's looking. To say, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. We're in the Big Twelve. We just won the Big Twelve. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big Twelve, and you know you're giving us Cincinnati, obviously as a good opponent. You know BYU, Houston, uh, so you know UCF. You've already won the Big Twelve. The two biggest brands. I don't care if they've been good or not. Oklahoma has been running through the Big Twelve. You know, uh, like a track meet. Yeah. So getting them out obviously takes a big pillar out of the Big 12. Now, Texas, we know, is still the biggest brand name in that conference, or had been until they left. So if I'm Dave Aranda, I'm kind of looking around after the smoke clears, and I'm like, we just won the Big 12, got a ton of momentum. I don't say anything during games. They're paying me handsomely because my name gets thrown around for every head coach opening. Why would I leave Baylor? Mm Mm-hmm. Why why would he leave Baylor? looks like Jeff Grimes is comfortable. So I I don't think Dave Aranda would go. Lane just signed the extension. I mean, Ole Miss, they went down to the vault. They went down to the old Oxford vault and pulled out, you know, 30, you know, the gold bars and said, all right, Lane, you know, here's the bars we really want you to have. So uh, I don't see either one of them going. And if you're Lane Kiffin, yeah, to me, the the more I think about it, and, and I know Lane, you know, wants to, to be at a place that, that can promote him the most and, and then he feels like has, has a way to the championship. But, I mean, Ole Miss, I know Matt Corral's leaving, but they get a guy like Dylan Gabriel. You know Lane's going to stay with a quarterback, and that defense is only going to get better. The more I'm looking around, I'm like, Lane may be smart to stay. And I was the first yeah. guy. I was I was one of the guys to say, I, I seriously believe that Lane that had a chance at the Miami job. Yeah, and or, or I think, that that he would that I, it could have got interesting.
5: I think the longer he stays at Ole Miss and the more equity he builds up there, the more he's going to showcase sort of a, a, a stability, right? And yeah. kind of get over that old mantra of "Well, yeah. Lane just is out after one season or two seasons." Well, he keeps, yeah, he keeps building up at Ole Miss, you know, and he keeps winning, keeps winning. You know,
3: one guy's going to retire soon. Yeah, one guy's yeah. going to retire soon. Yeah. And
4: how
5: crazy would, would it crazy be? How crazy
4: would that be? I don't
3: know. Would if that, Bama fans take I don't
5: take know. Bama,
4: Bama, no. Okay,
3: Bama fans, first of all, aren't going to take anybody, regardless of well, who it is. Well, you go from
4: one extreme to the other, not that, that. I mean, Saban is literally right? the, the organizational, Look. psychological, we are going to, it's like the, the movie The Big Green. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you saw the green. team, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the fantastic movie, oh my it's like that soccer team that like the Knights or whatever it is, and they're like the best coach soccer team. And, like, the, the coach is talking to them, they're all taking a bite <laughs> at the Pop-Tart at the same time and putting them down. Like, that, to me, is what Nick Saban's doing. And then the big green is kind of like, you know, they're just running around, kicking the ball, having a good time, throwing it around before the game. I just don't know how you go from the process – to Lane Kiffen Well, I Lane, well, Lane Kiffin called. was a part of that process. He, he was, was he, was, he also, right, whoa, it didn't exactly whoa, end beautifully. Whoa. It didn't end yeah. gracefully. I mean. uh, you know, kind of like Billy uh, Napier did with Florida. But I just don't know if I could see Bama going from. Nick Saban to Lane Kiffin. I mean, you're really <laughs> wait, going. Wait.
3: Who do you think?
5: Like realistically, we don't know what type of Lane Kiffin we'll see in three, four years. That's true. And the, and if he's still at Ole Miss, that that, that was to my point. Let right. Me, the I... more equity he can build, say, look, look, I can I can prove to people st- that I have stability. I can be at a place for a long time. I can win ten games a year for maybe three seasons mm-hmm. in a row. Now, look, he just had Ole Miss just had their first ten win season. What if he were able to go get three in a row for Ole Miss, right? <sighs> with with maybe three different quarterbacks. And you're in the West. Now, it's not like you're not going
4: to get in the playoffs. Now, now
5: lane kiffin is going to be able to say i'm more than just an offensive guru i can stay at a place okay yeah. i can rally the fan base and i can be your guy to one of those other big-time well big then, time then institutions. you start
4: stacking and remember at fau they were winning yeah, they really, they won the conference championship. You show that you can build it there, and then go to Ole Miss and build it there. Sure. I totally get what you're saying. I just find it inter- interesting, personality wise. Blaine, what's the, what else the Boots club? Yeah, I've saying? got a
3: question from the one and only DJ Barber. He's back. D- D- yeah, DJ, Boy, says, can you explain to me how Bama fans are number one in the playoff rankings and have a hives and winning quarterback and still find things to com- complain about? Kind of, kind of seems that that's what Saban rant was
4: about. Well, listen, and T, our buddy T-Bob had a great analogy on this. When, if you grew up in the Soviet Union, they told you everything was perfect. So you got used to thinking everything was perfect. No mistakes were ever made at all time. You know, Soviet Union planes do not crash. I think Bama fans, it, they've dominated for so long and, and, and they've won so much championship after championship. They've almost become numb to how hard it is to get there, or what it feels like to not be dominant, mm-hmm. and and you have I I think you have half the fan base that is worried about coming back down to earth, so they want to continue to put as much pressure and keep trying to apply that pressure. But what Nick Saban is saying is like, I really don't. It's like when Doctor Evil looked at Scott when when Scott wanted to kill Austin Powers, he's like, Why don't we just get a gun and shoot Austin Powers right here instead of closing the doors and putting him behind that layer? And he looks at him, he's like. You know what, Scott? You just don't get it, do you? <laughs> you don't. You don't. The, it's so hard, and and I believe Aaron Taylor talks about this coming up. It's so hard to consistently win big in today's game at a place. That's in the SEC, and then you look at college football and everything that's, that's changing, the way it's evolved. Think about the way Nick Saban's teams were dominating five, six, seven years ago compared to the way they're dominating now. Think about how the game has changed. But And, and look, Alabama's one of the most passionate fan bases, and it's great for college football. It's, just, it's great for college football when Alabama's good. But it gets to a point when you're complaining like, about being
5: number one, like, stop. Like, stop, because it's, it's not a good look. I know. It's it's not not. a good look. It's one of the byproducts of setting a standard so high. And hitting the standard. And and hitting hitting the standard. of the time that now you can't even fumble the ball once. You can't fumble oh, the ball yeah. or fire them all. Yeah. We live around Listen, them. We I know got a them. video we of my girlfriend.
4: If you've watched okay. the show, she wanted to fire everybody on Alabama staff after the four, yeah. first quarter A&M. Guys, they, say what, they average up, giving up 19 points,
5: points a game last year.
3: Unacceptable.
5: Fire her Fire hey, But 99.0. No, 100% of every team that's ever played a sport would love to have that problem. <laughs> Let's set the standards so high. You want to know a high-class problem? That's a so high-class problem.
4: <laughs> where the standard's so high, and maybe that's the trick. Don't yeah. ever maybe, fumble. Don't you ever yeah. fumble or if jump off sides? If you fumble, offsides. you're gone. Transfer portal. Yeah, I love set the standard. Transfer
5: I love Like what's his and, name and in uh, the the <laughs> Dr Pepper commercial? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rico, Rico. Rico. <laughs> Rico.
4: Yeah, Rico's time is it's now. now.
5: It's like, hey, y'all need a punter? I didn't I, see much upside for Rico. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I didn't either. You know, I heard he wasn't really committed to the team there in Fansville State. But all right, but one more from the booster club.
5: Got a question here from
4: Chris Reinhardt. What's up,
0: Chris? Has asked
3: J Boy, should we start considering Jimbo
4: Fisher as a top elite recruiter if he finishes this class the way it's looking like he will? Well, uh, my thing is, it's about stacking them, right? We talk about wins. You want to be successful, you stack wins. You want to eat a lot of chips, chips, you stack Pringles. You want to be considered a great recruiter, you stack great recruiting class on great recruiting class. That's what he's doing. This, this is going to be the best one. They're not done yet. And they're not done yet. And that's why, when, and everybody, uh, before the season, I was like, well, next three to five years, I'm looking at a and as a problem, mm-hmm. as a big problem. The reason? Because they've stacked recruiting class on recruiting class on recruiting class on recruiting class of talented players, and you're going to see it pay out. But where are they really doing well up front? That's how you close the gap. The only way you're going to close the gap with Alabama and Georgia is up front. That's it. So, yes, I would put – because, again, it's not just about one guy being a great recruiter. we got to make sure we separate this. It's about the ability to hire multiple guys that are great recruiters that don't cost you on the field, too. Mm -hmm. That's an art form in itself. So, yes, I think we got to consider Jimbo Fisher one of the best recruiters, one of the best organizational recruiters, and you know he's going to stay with the quarterback. But – To stay with a quarterback, you've got to protect a quarterback. And we have one of the best offensive linemen to ever do it. Notre Dame offensive guard, All-American, Super Bowl champ, blocking for Brett Favre uh, for two seasons. He talks about that. Mr. Aaron Taylor uh, from CBS as well. Let's get AT in here. All right, the Hall of Famers just keep coming out. Got one of the best to do it. Uh, former offensive lineman, Notre Dame, NFL, CBS Sports. You catch him everywhere. Mr.
1: Aaron Taylor. AT, congratulations, brother. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be on. This is my debut <laughs> on the, on the fastest-growing podcast of all time. You guys are blowing up. No, nah, man, I,
4: look, I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm trying to get like you, man. I, I got to get on, get on CBS or something. But, uh, no, nah, man, it, it's – such, such an unbelievable occasion. I mean, looking around at all the, all the great players here. You know, I'm sure you're going to get asked a thousand times, what does it mean to you? But, I mean, especially the position you played. I mean, y'all are the smartest and the most physical.
1: So, I mean, what does it mean for you to be here and, and be around this group of guys? And handsome and funny. I, and, of course. And humble. Yes. Um, I'm more humble than everybody. Listen, get the list out. <laughs> I mean, shoot, let's be real. Yeah. Uh, and I had to break Harris Barton's heart. I'm like, Harris, I've got to tell you this, man. Like, I watched you as a kid, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told, I told CJ earlier, I was like, "Man, you ain't got any gray hair. A lot of guys got gray hair in here." Oh my God, he's like, "Aaron, get away!" From me. <laughs> oh man, but like, it, it is surreal to yeah. be here. Like, it does. My brain is really struggling to try to reconcile all my lifelong insecurities with what's taking place. <laughs> it's like synapses are firing in my For sure. my, my my brain's melting. Um, but my my wife's here. And my yeah. three children are here mm-hmm. and they didn't get a chance to see me play they know the results and the fruit of what i did on the football field and where that started at notre dame but they get to hear stories and meet people and see me in an environment that is amongst the most meaningful that i've ever yeah. been a part of even though it happened 30 years ago so from that standpoint that notion of I am because of us, right? Like this is an individual recognition, but it's a collective achievement of my buddy's parents that made food for us on Friday nights after the football games and let me sleep over and would drive me to practice. And when I found out that I got the award and was being inducted, I happened to have COVID at the time. Wow. A very mild case, but it was around New Year's of this past year. And my wife texted me and said, hey, are you in the Hall of Fame? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> So I just opened this box and it's got a real nice football with your name on it, and mm. I, it says Hall of Fame. I was like, "Girl, Facetime me." Yeah, right Let now. Me see that right I need now. to know. Yeah, p- 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 Facetime me. <laughs> and she Facetime me, and, and there Man. it was in the box, and it was like, "Damn." Yeah. And that's when it hit me. And the first thing I did, Jay, was write down every person, place, and thing that contributed to that moment. Oh and i started getting on the phone because i had two weeks where i had to be by sure. myself yeah. and watch watching wild card football but that's there you go another side and i started calling people and i was having three and four hour conversations with people i haven't talked in to 20 yeah, years that's what it's about though and, and that is what it's about and, and football is a consummate team sport and it's so weird to me that we recognize individual greatness when we really should be celebrating the collective accomplishments of what this game has given. I'm an old old lineman and I'm old school in that thinking, but it truly is the best sport that's been ever created because we learn things in this sport we just can't learn any other way, and it feels good to be celebrated and honored that. But for me, and I think Al Wilson in there said it best, it's got my name on it, but it's about us. Yeah. It's our achievement. And I'm going to represent what we did when I was on the field. Yeah.
4: And football is not a sport. You know, baseball, a guy can come out and, and throw 105 miles per hour and, and pitch a perfect game and win you a game. Basketball, you can have a seven foot two guy that can shoot mm-hmm. threes and get rebounds and control and take over a game. Football, it, it takes way more than one, regardless of what position you play. That's why I think it's the greatest teacher of life. You learn to have success with the people that are around you, and now you've reached the pinnacle. But I do got to ask you, Notre Dame, Hiring Marcus Freeman.
1: Oh, did we do that?
4: Oh yeah, they did. You didn't uh, hear. That, when did that happen? You didn't hear. Yeah, that's that's true. Check out. Yes, Brian, Brian. No, what you know, Brian Kelly. The, you mean Brian Kelly? Southern, uh, who knew he was
1: Southern? I had who, no
4: nobody. Idea. Nobody had any idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's. like I said, he's gonna go in there and order a poor boy sandwich next. He you know, down there in a, uh, <laughs> what,
1: What's the pimento cheese sandwich? I know you guys where you're up? going <laughs> with this, pimento. <laughs> I love it, but what it, honestly, I I thought. You know, with the
4: circumstance, the way it was. It felt like, to me, Notre Dame, Notre Dame got cut a flat-footed. Mm-hmm. I thought they made the best decision they could. The, the players obviously wanted it. That's just my opinion. What say you?
1: Uh, BK double-moved us. Um, <laughs> he very, did. very, good. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> <'Cause> O-Lineman talk <laughs> about double moves it was over a stu- He stuttered and go to hell out Yeah, he did. Now. And um, they bit. Oh, they bit hard. hard. Bad, dirty eyes, yeah, dirty eyes, real no bad eyes. Um man, it... Uh, what an incredible week. It felt like I lived a lifetime in days. I know, the last right? Days, the like, roller coaster, man. Man, man my, uh, I had to bump up my data plan on my yeah. phone because the text messages were like, Are you kidding yeah. me? The and screen time was like, You need to stop yeah I, a couple notable things brian kelly in his mind believes that he was incapable of winning a national championship at notre dame and yeah. that's part of the reason that he left so that needs to be acknowledged so enter marcus freeman who is universally loved and respected true i'm an offensive lineman i watched the defenses that he called at since i watched how notre dame got better throughout the year he can coach his tail off Taking that job is going to be a hell of a challenge, Mm -hmm. but it's one I think that he's up to. I think it's one that we're all hopeful as alumni and fans, and the fan base loved it. Notre Dame was stale, and I think the jolt of energy that Marcus Freeman is going to bring and has already brought is going to galvanize what was already going to be a pretty damn good team in 2022 Mm -hmm. anyway, so I'm really excited about the time of what's going to happen between now and when they kick off on September 3rd against Ohio State.
4: And it's fascinating, too, to see, and, and that's a matchup that, that's going to be built and built and built, but it's fascinating to see, too, these young coaches, and I'm not a big guy that's on age. I mean, Nick Saban took over at Alabama when he was 57. You got Lincoln Riley taking over when he was 33. Yeah. If you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do, but it, it's seeming to me like college football coaching is starting to become a young man's game a little bit uh, around the country, but I do want to ask you, while I got you here, the playoff, 14 playoff, since Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. you think they got it right?
1: I do think they got it right especially with the way we saw championship weekend go down yeah cincinnati was a very good football team they that bore itself out throughout the season they were the the team that beat a good Notre dame team that got better as the season went along alabama everybody had them on the mount you know on the mat for being dead Mm. and once again nick saban proved like he's the goat man like and if kirby can't beat that team with this team What's he got to do to try to beat Alabama? Like, that's the, the other story that really, going into it, I said, if it doesn't happen this year, will it ever happen?
4: Yeah, well, look, a lot of people have been asking that. But my thing, as an offensive lineman, I know you watch that game. You watch, and I know guys get up for different games, but it's not like Alabama didn't get up for the Iron Bowl. And I know they moved some guys around, had a chance, I guess, to get a little bit healthier. But when you watch the way that Alabama's offensive line, especially the right side, operated against Auburn, who doesn't have the catch Georgia has. And then to see the way that they rebounded and played against Georgia. Halfway through the second quarter Dan Lanning said, All right, I'm gonna have to bring pressure then halfway through the third quarter he goes, We can't get pressure with six. How did that how does that turnaround happen so quickly?
1: Alabama's offensive line this year represents what we saw at the Joe Moore Award universally across the board. Great award, by the way, that you started, man. The inconsistency of looking like world beaters in week one and falling apart in week two, looking Mm. great in week three. We saw that all season long, struggling all the way through week six, getting better and finishing strong. We had not ever seen anything like it in Alabama's performance in the SEC championship game against a front seven that I haven't seen in a decade and a half in college football, including the great ones we've seen at Alabama alabama yeah. they shut them out shut them out there wasn't a te or an et stunt that they didn't pass off or amazing. Square. it was phenomenal it was actually hard to believe and i think that's an indictment a little bit on georgia when you look at rivalry games they're different animals they are you, you can alabama the, in 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 auburn the iron bowl that's a unique animal but The true mark of greatness is what Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide were able to do, which was flush that really tough performance with four overtimes. And rise to the occasion when you need to be at your best. That's what poise is, being at your yep. best when your best is needed. And Alabama's offensive line the SC Championship game was something like I've never seen. It was phenomenal. It was. And remarkable how quickly they turned around, how they looked against Auburn compared to what they did to Georgia.
4: And, you know, I guess you could say Mississippi State, but but I look in, in you know every one of the big games, to me – it's really one of the few games where Alabama put it together in all three phases, and that's how George has really been beating people's playing complimentary football in a year where nobody is consistent. And how about Billy O'Brien and his play call? <laughs> How about Bryce and him being able to check and get rid of it?
1: It it was it all came together when it needed to, and that doesn't happen by itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that often gets lost when we look at the Jimmys and the Joes and the Creatures and the measurables when we're getting ready for the draft and looking at yeah. Will Anderson and what he can do and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It, it, the way that they put that together, Jay, is unbelievable, and I don't think people appreciate it. I don't think all they the do fan, either. The fan base expect it. They all want it for their school. But it's like it's a unicorn. It people like being like. I want a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I blocked for Brett Favre for two of his three MVP years. Mm-hmm. We were arguably better in 1997, the year after we won our first Super Bowl, when we lost to Denver, yeah. than we were the year before. People do not appreciate how hard it is to repeat yeah. because of the human nature element that comes in, and Saban has nailed it, and he's nailed it for almost two decades now, and that's why he's the greatest college football coach that's ever existed.
4: I mean, it's a, he's a psychological savant when it comes yeah. down to it, and it's hard, and and kids change, you know, it's different recruiting classes. When he was recruiting 15 years ago, that's a different type of person than you're recruiting now, and he's been able to evolve like they've been able to evolve, and they love him and they believe in him. But I do got to ask you before you go the joe moore award you started goes to the best offensive line in the country one of my favorite awards because if you're i've never seen a championship team aaron
1: that wasn't good up front that's right we uh we didn't invent the offensive line but we did finally create a way to recognize it's it's uh, it's,
4: it's amazing
1: this was an inconsistent year and we're in the process right now determining who the finalists are as we sit here on december 7th in 2021 the thing I think that really stands out the most is this you know, unquestioned relationship between good offensive line play and successful football teams. If you want to be a good team, you have to be tough in the trenches. It's still a yep. game of blocking and, and tackling. Mm-hmm. And I think the offensive line, when they have the ability to set the tone and it's done well... Team's role, and I think we're probably going to see that this year as well.
4: Definitely. Well, I'm excited to see it. I got to get you back on the show again. I Let's know it's your it, debut,
1: man. but man, you knocked it out Let's of the park.
4: I'm not surprised you're a Hall of Famer. That's what you do. But well, congrats again, brother.
1: Appreciate you, man. You guys got some 3x merch on your site. Oh, we do. I mean, tell, tell me about what. What's the first thing I should rock in?
4: Oh, listen, I'm a big hoodies guy. That's just me. Now we have, you know, multiple different colors. Also, we've got this camo J Boy Show Win the Watercolor logo that personally is the dopest thing we have on there. But you go to the thejboyshow.com. You go to the shop. Look, we need to do a jersey swap. We, we need to do something. We need to do something. Uh, I, I'll send you just a whole box full. It's 3X. I mean, geez, man, yeah.
1: you, you look like you can still play, A.T. Bro, I could get hurt in a pillow fight right now. I don't sh- I tell you, I don't know about all that. I don't nah. know, man. Man, I, I travel with an inflatable mattress. That's what I'm at in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's real talk right there. <laughs> but no, man,
4: great stuff. And, and couldn't happen to a better guy. Man, we got to do this again for real. Appreciate it. Let's do it. I appreciate your brother. Definitely. Aaron can still play. Don't, don't let him let don't him fool let you. Him fool I've you. seen the man in person. Like He can really still play. No, we appreciate Aaron Kamani, and he makes some good points. I mean, you look at the juice behind uh, Marcus Stream, and I do want to get this Brent Venables hire in a minute. we got Parker Thune uh, from Oklahoma's 247 Sports site coming in uh, soon as well. What's the Booster Club saying, Blaine? Got a
3: question here from the one and only David Heron, a true OG Ooh. booster. Hashtag Boy. He says, if slash win, Bama beats Cincinnati by three scores. Does that hurt the case for expanding
4: the playoffs? No. I, well, again, look. I think people are dug in on either side on this. They're going to believe what they want to believe. But I, I could make the argument that to me, it goes back to what I've been saying about the par- the parody. And look, I know there's been a lot of parody this year. I get it. Right. I get it. We, we've talked about it at nauseum on the show, but. The ability to get more teams in to give them the ability to go to the big time recruits, not just the wide receivers and the DBs and the quarterbacks, the offensive linemen and the defense linemen where the game is won and lost, where Alabama and Georgia have had, been the monopoly guys, had a monopoly uh, over all the big time line and be able to say, hey, listen, you can make a great business decision if you come here, too. We can put you in front of the same eyes and have that same valuable tape at the end of the year as the Alabamas, as the Georgias, if you come here. And I think you'll see that kind of as an evening out. So... To me, I think this game, this this is like a glass ceiling breaker. Like to me, if Cincinnati loses by 28, it'll make me feel a lot better because that's what we've been talking about the whole time. You know, we're definitely going to have uh, our, our buddy Timmy B on to talk about the the whole Cincinnati Bama situation. So, uh, he's you know?
3: not going to come on here, you elitist.
4: Yeah, no oh, yeah, that's true. I am an elitist, but you know, the goalposts have kind of been moved a little bit for hmm. for some for some of those guys that, that were kind of talking about the Cincinnati Bama thing. But that's why we hit the record button. And yes. that will live forever.
5: What What did they say in Superbad? People don't forget. Yeah, the eye in the sky don't lie. One interesting point you've been talking about with playoff expansion is sort of the indirect way that it would help after the fact, right? So if you're – if yes it would hurt the argument if cincinnati gets blown out it would hurt the argument for expansion right away but mm-hmm. what you've been saying is if you go ahead and expand and let the recruits follow that expansion yep. then you will have even more parity amongst that top 12 yeah which i thought has been the best point that you've made on this subject
4: Look, really. it's it's but it's the truth too and you can go to a new place that has those same opportunities and be the guy yeah you yeah. know bama bama's had the guys like, they're still getting them. Georgia's had the guys. They're still getting them. Ohio State's had the guys. They're still getting them. But you can go to a new place and be the guy, you know. What was the coolest car before the Corvette came out? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I can tell you how cool the Corvette is. So uh, th- that's the way that I look at it. I mean, I, I think it'll actually help to, to push to expand it. And again, I'm not a guy that wants a 64-team playoff. I-, I really don't want the 12-team playoff. I want an 18 playoff. And we went through the structure of that uh, you know, a couple months ago, which we can redo that again. But I think 12 is the cap, and that's what we've talked about. But speaking about movement and expansion, the SEC bringing in Oklahoma, Oklahoma losing Lincoln Riley. And Booster Club, I want you all to get hot on this because I want your thoughts on this. It's a very important question to me. Can Oklahoma succeed in the SEC even better now because Brent Venables is there? And you, you have the argument He hasn't, you know, been a power five head coach, hasn't really been a head coach. You know, at the end of the day, can you go out and say, I think he put him in a better position than a guy like Lincoln Riley that's won a lot of games. But I look at identity. Mm -hmm. I look at identity. Oklahoma was not going to be able to survive in the SEC struggling to run the ball and not tackling anybody on defense. That's the exact opposite. That's how you get destroyed in the SEC. You pull a Vandy. That, that's how that happens. But with Venables, you know the defense is going to be fired up. You know they're going to be well coached. You bring in Lebby, who's one sorcery book away from being a witch, really is a witch, wizard, sorcerer, whatever you want to call him. That's a great combo to me. And to win in the SEC, and we've seen great offenses, you know, mm-hmm. 2019 yeah. LSU, 2020 Bama, but those defenses weren't horrible. Twenty twenty Bama defense gave up nineteen points yeah. a game,
3: and not even that. Those those offenses were beyond. Yeah, that, that's that's an anomaly. There's an, a like
4: word. That. There's a word for that. It's called an anomaly. It just happened to have. Uh, just happened to happen back to back. So man, I almost think yes, guys. Yeah. I almost what, okay. think
3: yes. What are we What are we basing really? What What would be succeeding?
4: To, all right. So I look at it in in. in you coming into the SEC first three years, right? First okay. first two or three years, being competitive, winning games you're not supposed to win. Because, again, guys, we don't know if there's going to be divisions. We don't know if there's going to be pods. We don't know, you know, to, to quote Will Ferrell on Old School, if it's going to be something cool that I haven't heard about yet. You know, so uh, it's hard to project, but I like what Oklahoma is thinking. Yeah, I can see what they're thinking with Venables. Because you're not just going to go in the SEC consistently for 7 to 10 years and be like, all right, we're just going to score 55 a game and we'll give up 38, 35, 38. That's work. not how that works. You know, you know what
5: that's called? The Pac-12. Yeah.
4: That's what that's called. The Big
3: 12. Yeah. They saw
5: in the playoffs. That's playoff what
3: that called. And they got to the playoffs. That's exactly it. And, and
5: let's not forget how behind the eight ball – Oklahoma was in terms of their search, right? I mean, their coach leaves for USC, who got months and months of a head start. LSU got months and months of a head start. All of a sudden, their head coach leaves. I mean, we talked about this supply and demand. The demand is very, very high, okay? The supply wasn't there. They go get a coach not only of this caliber, but someone who's been there for over a decade, Mm -hmm. served as the co-DC and the DC. I think it's a fantastic hire. I realize that he he does not have head coaching experience. But I think that, again, what we were talking about with Recruiting, Recruits following will oklahoma coming to the sec get some of these kids who are going to be top level recruits to say well now i can go play at oklahoma and be in the sec i don't have to make that choice will that sort of follow oklahoma with a defensive minded coach and a great oc look they can keep this train rolling i think i think if you're oklahoma you might have dodged a bullet on this you
4: really, I write, you really I,
3: may have more, pulled a Keanu. The more up, yeah. I look at this, you may have pulled a Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> the more I look at this, realistically, I think you got rid of a sheep and you got a wolf in there.
5: Ooh. That's what I think you got. That is, right? that
3: is a he bold way to keep himself strategy. Yeah. The, to the Pac 12, and you got someone who's an absolute wolf. A Who will go head. get look, it.
4: Look, I'll say this. Bryn ain't scared, He'll buddy. He'll go get it. And those guys will play, and they will play hard. And Oklahoma. Man, you know what I. I remember Tommy Harris. I remember thinking that Oklahoma guys like on defense. I mean, at the end of the day, coming downhill and rocking you. But if you've looked at Lincoln, every year they've gotten worse running the ball and playing defense, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, if, if you just look at it, if you follow the bouncing balls. But we got Parker Toon in here.
5: I got Parker in here. Will you talk to him real quick? I'm not hey, sure if his audio is Hey, Parker, can you up.
4: hear me? My dog.
2: I can hear you. Can you
4: hear me? All there right? he yeah, is. Yeah, there yes. it is. Right there. There he is. Parker, what's up, man? You got, got the mic, the American Idol style, man. What's up?
2: Yeah, there you go. Not a lot happening on this end, comparatively speaking, just given how busy (laughs) last week was. But it's been nice to kind of have a little bit of respite from the craziness that was the eight-day Oklahoma coaching surge.
4: Yeah, and, and, you know, again, uh, we're, we're talking about we, we love the hire eventables. And then, you know, bringing Lebby and uh, a guy that to me is one of the most underrated coordinators in the country. don't get talked about enough because Lane's over there and everybody thinks, you know, Lane's just like, all right, Jeff, here's what we're going to do. And you don't talk. That's not how that works. Jeff's uh, got a big hand on calling the plays. But how do you feel? I, I saw the videos of the fan base. Obviously, they're fired up about it. Kind of now that, that the, the, the smoke is kind of cleared, overall thoughts on the hire.
2: Well, I will say, you and your staff there made some really, really good points about the Venables hire, which is, I actually do believe, and I don't think it's an unpopular opinion, that Brent Venables is more equipped to lead Oklahoma into the SEC than Mm -hmm. Lincoln Riley was. And I think that's the reason why, I I, I do have it on pretty good authority that Lincoln Riley wasn't a great, he he wasn't entirely on board with the move to the SEC, Mm -hmm. and so it makes a lot of sense there, obviously, that... He would take a job that's out in the Pac-12 rather than the LSU job that was on the table for him in the SEC as well. So you look at what Brent Venables has done and I think what speaks to the Oklahoma fan base more than anything out here is his loyalty. He's only ever had three bosses, Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, and Dabo Sweeney. And he's turned down multiple head coaching offers over the years to remain the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma and then remain the defensive coordinator at Clemson. So I would not have imagined that a week and a half ago anybody in the Oklahoma contingent whether media or within the fan base would be arguing that this was an upgrade for the Sooners from Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables. But I think especially now that they've brought in Jeff Levy as well and you have potentially the most impactful defensive coordinator in the country, now your head coach, and you have one of the fastest rising offensive coordinators Mm -hmm. in the country. You pay him $2 million a year to come back home to the place that he graduated from and serve as your OC and primary play caller. Yeah, there's a very legitimate argument that you upgraded from Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch.
4: Yeah, and, and I will also say Jeff Lebby has an unbelievable relationship with the Mannings and Arch Mannings, so keep your eye on that. That's one of the reasons a lot of people you know, were looking at Arch and Ole Miss. It wasn't just because of Lane. I'd be willing to say Arch has a better relationship with Levy than he does with Lane. And speaking about recruiting Parker, you're going to have decommitments when the head coach leaves, especially when he's as involved in recruiting, especially on the offensive side uh, as Lincoln Riley is. But what has been kind of your feel of, of, you know, Venables coming in? We know the portal can get hot and, and, and that's where a lot of people are going to go. How's the recruiting reaction been to Coach V getting hired?
2: Well, I think that's gonna be the interesting thing to watch in the days and weeks ahead because obviously, as I stated before, I think as you prepare for the move to the SEC, Brent Venables is more equipped as a coach to make that transition for Oklahoma than Lincoln Riley was. But the one thing about Lincoln Riley, especially as of late over the last eight to nine months, was that dude was recruiting out of his mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, Oklahoma was on a heater in terms of recruiting both in the 2022 class and the 2023 cycle, where they had far and away the top class in the nation. You've seen, I believe we're up to nine decommitments now in the immediate aftermath of Lincoln Riley's departure. And Brent Venables has yet to secure his first commitment as head coach in Oklahoma. So we know that Brent Venables is a tremendous recruiter as well. And the way, the way I best heard it described from somebody that knew Brent Venables while he was in Oklahoma is that guy can talk a seed out of a watermelon. That's how good of a recruiter <laughs> he is. So there's, there's a lot of optimism that things are going to reverse course in time in terms of recruiting. But the thing about Brent Venables, a couple things of note here. One, he's not a huge fan of using the transfer portal. And I think that was the culture that was instilled at Clemson under Dabo yep. Sweeney was, you know, historically, they have not taken all that many transfers via the portal. They Juco have not made either. that a priority. Juco either, Parker. Exactly.
4: Juco exactly. either. Exactly.
2: They have, they have not made that a priority the way that a lot of other schools uh, on their same level have. Also, Brent Venables is the type of guy that you know, he's not like that staff out there at Missouri where they're gonna offer everybody that would even give them the time of day, right? He's very, very intentional with the offers that he does give out. And in general, just about anybody that receives an offer has a committable offer. So Venables has demonstrated that he's much more selective in his recruiting tactics than a lot of his peers in the coaching profession. So I don't know exactly how it's all gonna shake out, particularly down the stretch here in 2022 and the fact that we're a week away now from early signing day, but, In time, I think you will see Oklahoma regain a lot of the momentum that they've lost in the last week and a half on the recruiting trail.
4: Yeah, and uh, Booster Club, uh, fire up a few questions here for Parker. I I got one for you that, that, you know – We've talked about the move to the SEC and that's been a huge narrative with Oklahoma. How does the fan base feel about it? We know they've had a ton of success in the Big 12. How do how do the fans feel about Oklahoma going to the SEC and joining what has been, you know, the optimist prime of the transformers of the college football realm?
2: Yeah, well, I think they're optimistic and they're excited about it because if you look at the way that the Big 12 has been, you look at the dynamics of that conference over the past decade in particular, Oklahoma and Texas, in terms of revenue in particular, have carried that conference. Those two Mm -hmm. schools account for over 75% of the conference's revenue. So at a certain point, I think Joe Castiglione and the button pushers at Oklahoma, and obviously their counterparts at Texas, looked at things and evaluated the way that things stood in that conference and said, you know what? We got eight other schools that aren't pulling their weight and frankly aren't capable of pulling their weight. In the Big 12. Also, we have a commissioner uh, who's not willing to expand. Uh, They actually voted against expansion, if you'll recall, back in 2016 or 2017, I wanted to say. So, expansion was not on the table. The Big 12 was going to remain at 10 teams for the foreseeable future. And Naturally, then, the two conferences that were doing a whole lot of the heavy lifting in terms of revenue generation were going to start to look elsewhere eventually. And the SEC was a natural choice just because it's no secret, right? That is the country's premier athletic conference. That is where you have the most talent. That is where you have the most depth. And that's where you have the best coaching, pound for pound. And so particularly in the sport of football, it makes a lot of sense if Oklahoma and Texas are going to ascend back to national powerhouse status. And Oklahoma is a lot closer right over the last decade than Texas is in yeah. that capacity. But still, that's a program that's in the midst of their longest national championship drought since 1950. The Sooners haven't won a national title since 2000. So everybody, at least across the fan base, is, is kind of starting to get antsy as to when that's going to come around again and when Oklahoma is going to return to the zenith of college football and being in the sec i think just because of the level of competition that you have all across the conference right and even the lower down programs in that conference have guys that will go in the first and second round of the nfl draft every single year even the bottom feeders are not lacking for talent the level of competition and the level of added recruiting prowess that comes with a transition like that was alluring to the powers that be in oklahoma and i think is similarly alluring to most everybody that's a part of Sooner Nation.
4: Yeah, well, iron sharpens iron. Blame anything for the Bush Club over yeah, there? Yeah, we've got a question here from David
3: Heron, and he asks, does hiring uh, Jeff Lebby help keep Caleb
4: Williams? That's a great season. question, Parker. You got it.
2: <laughs> and that is, that is a very interesting question, and obviously I think that's going to be – the biggest point of apprehension for Sooner fans over the next few Mm. weeks is okay, after the bowl game gets over, and by the way, Caleb Williams is going to play in the bowl game. We know that for certain. So he's going to play in the Alamo Bowl thereafter. Where does that leave him, and does he stick around now? I don't get the sense that he's going to jump for USC and follow Lincoln Riley just because of the bad taste that was left in everybody's mouths, the way that Lincoln Riley departed for that new job out in SoCal, but Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Caleb Williams could look elsewhere uh, to finish out his collegiate career. And particularly, you look at guys that are respected quarterback coaches, you know, the Chip Kellys and Lane Kiffins of the world, the guys that are on par or at least close to Lincoln Riley's status when it comes to their ability to develop quarterbacks. there are gonna be a lot of those schools that make a play for Caleb Williams if he chose to enter the portal. That said, he has a lot of love for the University of Oklahoma. He recruited a lot of his good friends in the 2021 cycle to come to Oklahoma with him. And there's nobody that means more to the University of Oklahoma, both in terms of his performance on the field and his ability to recruit his peers than Caleb Williams. So Oklahoma is going to make every effort to keep Caleb Williams around. That said, I can't say it's a guarantee that he sticks around, but if you're asking me to put money down right now, I would say he stays at Oklahoma.
0: This episode is brought to you by Simply. Simply by Frito-Lay snacks have ingredients to feel good about with no artificial flavors or colors. So you can snack a little smarter this year without giving up your favorite snacks. Reveal what else you're never going to give up in 2022 for a chance to win $1,000. Official rules at NeverGonnaGiveItUp.com. No purchase necessary. Enter by February 27th, 2022. 17 plus, 50 U.S., D.C., and P.R.
4: This episode is brought to you by Death on the Nile, exclusively in theaters Friday. The greatest detective of all time, Hercule Poirot, returns to solve another deadly case. Join Poirot on a wild ride down the Nile River, promising luxury, intrigue, and murder. Grab your friends and get ready to solve this murder mystery on the big screen. Starring Kenneth Branagh and Gal Gadot. Premiering only in theaters Friday. Nice. Well, Parker, man, great stuff. Tell everybody where they can find your work. We're going to get you back on here. Every time we're talking Oklahoma, they're one of the teams in the headlines right now, not uh, foreign to Oklahoma and in the college football zenith, as you put it. But where can everybody find your work?
2: Yeah, of course. So 247sports.com is the nation's leader in recruiting and team coverage. Uh, I particularly work for the OUinsider.com team mm-hmm. size of so the Oklahoma affiliate of 24 seven sports. And I'll throw this out there as well. Uh, just today, 24 seven rolled out an entirely overhauled ranking system that now factors in the transfer portal. So you'll have one Smart. set of rankings. That's specifically for the recruiting cycle. You'll Thank have you. one, uh, <laughs> you'll have one recruiting rankings, one set of rankings that's dedicated to the transfers and you'll have one, set of rankings that is a proprietary algorithm that combines both so if you're into recruiting and you care a lot about where your team ranks nationally in terms of the class that they're bringing in and now the transfers that they're bringing it in as well uh, there is no place that has you covered like 24 7 sports so head over there for comprehensive coverage of recruiting whoever your team may be
4: Parker great stuff man I appreciate you let's do it again soon
2: absolutely man take care now
5: you too
4: finally
2: somebody's going to rank
4: the
5: transfer portal yeah
4: do you remember we had that conversation you've
5: been talking about it yeah
4: like like how can you how can you say how good the class is if you're not going to take in the junior offensive tackle you know that played 45 games in division one or cam newton yeah or cam newton like how can you not how do you not factor that in are we just gonna like pretend like it doesn't happen so i'm finally glad somebody did that i'm sure there'll be other places that follow suit uh but great stuff there uh from parker blaine i want to get to the Booster Club. A couple things here. Yeah, we've got a things. couple donations Ooh. here. We've got a don- uh, donation
3: here from SS Austin, a $4.99 donation. Oh, it's a bread festival. He says, out of the finalists for the OC job, who would you hire and do yep. you expect to be hired? I believe he's talking about Auburn. Yep. Um, also, um, why is Coach Harson in Vegas um, for the
4: National <laughs> Hall of Fame thing, and he's loving the show, man. Keep doing what we do. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, number one, number one, uh, we were going to talk about the Auburn OC search, you know, here in about five, ten minutes, but I'll go ahead and get to it. I, I think Austin Davis is the name, you know, we're the first people really to put that out there, the, the quarterback coach uh, for Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you look at Kenny Dillingham, who's been at Auburn, who's at Florida State. That's another name, and I've had a ton of people say, I still think Del McGee's in the running. Uh, you know, you got Keesau, who's, who's you know, a guy that yeah. could promote from within. But... I will go back and say this again. I think one of two things. Brian Harson is not going to be the quarterback position coach. He's not. But that doesn't mean he's not going to call plays. And see, th- this is where the nuance of making this hire goes into. Because when you let Mike Bobo go, you let the quarterback coach go too. Somebody's got to coach the quarterbacks. Yeah. They're not just going to go out there and be like, all right, hey guys, what's, what's, the, what's the play? What's the play? What are we running? Post. It's a post. So post, that's not how it works. So you got to bring in a guy that can coach the quarterbacks. Now, a lot of OCs, young guys, want to call plays. You don't want to be an OC and not call the plays. Because think, think about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks it's your offense. You're getting blamed. And you're <laughs> going to get blamed when it goes bad, but not get the credit when it goes good because you're not calling the plays. Exactly. That's a people, tough spot to be in.
5: And the people who would hire you, other coaches around the country, know the truth yeah. if you're not calling the plays. So it's not like you, you can only get the blame and not any of the credit because the other people that may hire you for jobs are going to say, "Well, we know that Brian Harsin yeah. was calling those plays, but if things go poorly, yeah. all of the fan yeah. base thinks you called the plays." You know where we've seen this movie before? <laughs> Hit
4: me. Gus Malzahn. on. Yeah, we've yeah. seen this movie before. Yeah. You know, you don't listen, you loved Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber Nah. Hmm. Dumb and Dumber 2? Yeah. Pass. Pass. The like sequels are never better. They're they're never better. So to me, to me, if, if you are going to call the plays, you bring in the best quarterback coach you can find and best recruiter. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't care if you got to get Dell McGee to go coach a quarterback. Dell could do it.
3: Dude, yep. it's Adele. He'll figure it out. Before <laughs> you finish that, we did have a $4.99 donation from James Stalling. He says, My, Hold on, though. My money's on Austin Davis. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say this because this retains the same thing. Jay Boy, I love the show. I got Appreciate a question it. for
4: you. Who will be the next offensive coordinator for Auburn? I, listen, it, look. We just got back from Vegas, town of gambling. Parker just said if he had to put his money, he'd put it on Caleb Williams staying in Oklahoma. If I had to put my money on it and and put it in tears, I'd put 100 on Austin Davis. Mm. Robin a Benji? I'd put 50 on Austin Davis, and then I'd put 25 on Dillingham.
5: I'll do it for half. Wow! You do it for I half. We're Coach half. You do it for half.
4: I think we're going to decision. See- I'll put a million on yeah. David. Cone. I think we're going to see Caleb Williams and, and some purple and gold sooner or later. Yeah, and you know what? I we got to do the trash can thing this week. Yeah, we do. You get uh, put in a trash can this week. Oh, I already got
3: it all planned out. I
5: mean, oh, this is yeah, a- yeah. already Good. have it all yeah. planned. Good, out. great, <laughs>
4: grand. But no, my, my money's on Austin Davis right now. But you know, it, c- you think head coaching searches are, are crazy? Like assistants, that's even crazier because the pool is a whole lot bigger then they are for head coaches. So you know it's topsy turvy this that yeah. and the other, but my money's on Austin Davis. What else do we got from the? Got Bush a question
3: court? from Mike and them hashtag AskJboy. He says, "Will Cone give another pregame speech to Michigan? So I can bet
5: the over." The answer is yes. The, the answer <laughs> is yes. It's ready to go, but you, you're not going to hear it for a little while. It's probably a 24 hour prior thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, we hey, need that momentum. Is your closet you know? ready? Is your, yeah. cl- is your how ready is your how ready the belts and the khakis and the shoes? Ohio week Ohio week is only one week long. You're okay, right. it's only one week long, so it only had to deal with the brunt of that for like seven days, right? Yeah. This I have a month to go. The claws is <laughs> getting hammered. <man>. Wow. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just waiting to see. Obviously,
4: you know your your wife, the the daughter of Richard Todd, you know, big time Alabama mm-hmm. uh, quarterback, Alabama fan. Obviously, you. Michigan alum, what happens if a Michigan and Bama plays in the title game? Like, it's, what
5: happens it's then? It's so funny. I got a call yesterday, and my father-in-law thinks that Will Anderson is just as good, if not better, than Aiden Hutchinson and maybe should have been a Heisman finalist. Look, and I uh, agree with whole, that. their whole family was like, don't send David that. Don't send David. And we're just like, David's <laughs> not as sensitive as y'all think he is. I could tell him this kind of stuff. But here's the consensus in the household. Okay. So you, so this is what Darby said. Uh. Well, Yeah. Uh, you yeah, did, sure, yeah okay. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> it's a, it's one, one and two ranking. Yep. And if you both played in the national championship, it's 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 good problems. What'd you say? First world problems, high class, problems? High class yeah. problems. Finally. Yeah. You know, I mean <laughs> they've been doing Michigan's their thing. Got a high what'd class you say? Problem. They're the USSR over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we probably sure. got a high class problem. <laughs> it may be short-lived. I need to soak it in.
4: Yeah, no, it's I can't wait to be that. I'm gonna be over there just soaking. Speaking of that, soaking it in, I will be on the couch with a cold soda just watching things go on. <laughs> to answer
3: his question, yes, yes. Yes. There will okay. be one coming. Mike and him, yes. All right, we got a five dollar donation from Steven. G. I love oh,
4: hey, real G's move in silence like, like lasagna. lasagna. Wow, look at mm. you there. He says, "What
3: school? Who got a new head coach? We'll get to the playoffs first?
5: Ooh, this is a good one. Valid Just question. You're in your bag, Stephen.
4: I want everybody to look at me. Mm-hmm. I want everybody out there in the Booster Club in the world. Even if you're listening to this on audio, I want you to find a way to look at me. Yeah. It's Apple Podcast, Spotify, hit that subscribe button. Elon See Musk, me. where are you? <laughs> brian kelly and lsu wow i'll
5: go lincoln and li- li-
4: listen listen they're, they're, look look here's what i'm i know there's been a mass exodus from lsu with, with brian kelly and the players you look at max johnson whatever and i told you lsu i told you if it's mm. the optics aren't going to be pretty early but he's coming in to do what he thinks is best the best thing that brian kelly has is he doesn't care what y'all think he doesn't care He's with his family. He's got his he, yeah. family. He's got, he got his, his family. family. Seats
2: taken.
1: <laughs> Seats
4: taken.
5: <laughs> but I'm going to go Brian Kelly and LSU just because you talk about flipping the script. Look, even with Mario look. leaving, look, look the Pac 12 and Lincoln with a clear path. Guys. But how? But look, Carson Palmer said it. I don't want to ruin the Carson Palmer interview
4: because we're going to drop that later this week. That roster is bad. Sure. That roster at USC mm-hmm. right now is bad. And, look, I know you've got a couple of commitments flipped over, but I, I wait to see high school guys until they play. Yeah, okay. But Let's when try. I look at LSU, recruits itself. You're going to have guys leave. I know the, they, they lost the four-star commitment to coldest Crawford. The said I, said, I said, I said on De-Coldis, social media, dog. who's the next coldest? <laughs> but I'm Brian Kelly. like, who are you going to play him with? The next coldest? Yeah. <laughs> look, so I, 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 look, I like look. Brian
3: Kelly in LSU. You know. I was kinda of surprised. Where were we last couple couple of days? We we're in Vegas. Yeah. And right? walking around Vegas. The wolf And you know the only thing I saw related to college football, huge billboard. Yeah. Oh. Over the strip. Huge hit him with it. Huge. I saw it seven to ten times in three days. Yep. Billy Napier Look, the was Florida all love.
4: over the place. The PR Everywhere. campaign Florida's putting out right now. So they're ahead. Las Vegas knows who's about to I don't know, pop. Who's, spending I don't I know who's spending more on PR in Florida, Billy Napier or Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I thought it, it was Danny Ocean or something. Subliminal. Like I see, I went to an <laughs> yeah. ice cream place and it was Billy Napier Give me like a double
2: chocolate fudge. No, it's, a, no
4: it's like you, we walked in our hotel room there's there was a chalk on the pillow with like Billy Napier's face by it. I was like, they're Dude, pushing he was, it. He was
2: on
5: Vegas like,
4: Danny, Dude, like Danny Ocean, like, man. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, when we walked in the hotel room and the, and the curtain opened automatically, I was, like, freaked out for a second. I hadn't seen it. I thought, thought somebody was in there waiting on us. But, no, look, Florida's been smart with it, and Billy's done a great job in his press conferences as well. I'm just telling you, I tweeted that out and got crazy response saying, I still think Billy Napier is one of the most quality hires, one of the most elite hires that has been made the whole offseason. People are like, wait, what? What? Lincoln? I'm just telling you, watch this guy. One good year. Watch Billy. this guy One good year Watch this guy then you start
3: building the blocks Right He gets
4: it Yeah He gets it Watch what they do Just sit back And it may not be beautiful Early It won't be But you'll see it Like you said You know don't question. Don't don't. The result is whatever. It's the process of getting there. It's the plan of getting there, and I love his plan. Blaine, what else we got from the Club de la Booster? Got a
3: question here from Adam Swindell hashtag Ooh. Ask Jay Boy. Says, "Okay, I need y'all to put your tin foil hat on for this one." Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Did Georgia throw the SEC championship <laughs> oh, game God. for the SEC to get that boosted extra money for the conference, and another reason we didn't see JT a quarterback? <laughs>
4: Okay. This is Adam first it. off. This is yeah. First off, Adam. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, you prefacing that with the put the tinfoil hat on. No, 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 not a chance, and hell no. Uh look, number one, Georgia wants that game more than anything against Alabama. I saw something where somebody on a message board said that Kirby was a plant that Alabama planted at Georgia to take all the other teams recruits but loose to them in the ge- <laughs>
2: This, like, do you know? Do you know Dick. how
4: hard it is? People, it's not easy to throw a football game and people not be able to tell. Like it's 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 hard. It everything is so correlated. And you have so many moving parts going on. It's hard not to be like, wait a minute, something doesn't look right yeah. or something doesn't add up. So no, uh, but Adam, listen, look, Pollock came on the show, told you all he feels like Jordan's gonna win it. Jordan's gonna come back and win it, but they're not doing it on purpose. I promise you. If you could have seen the body language of those players after the loss, I promise you it wasn't on purpose. Hey. And Kirby Smart is not a plant that Nick Saban convinced to take. But shout picture. out to Can you Adam. Imagine?
5: Adam. Shout out to you. Shout we out to need you, fans like you. Exactly to keep right. them honest, so they can't pull well, this kind you know of what? stuff you, you, off. You know, you, you throw it out there enough. Yes, one of them's gonna hit. It's like the Joe Rogan conspiracies that they go down on the show. like, hey, man. Keep them They're going to be
4: like, listen, we're putting together the Warren Commission again to, to <laughs> investigate whether Kirby Smart's truly a plant. You know, we got the Red Scare, like McCarthyism's back, and
3: but in college football form. What else we got, Blaine? We have a question here from I just found it and I just lost it. All right, Kendrick Washington, who does LSU go hire for the OC and DC?
4: Well, you know, you've seen the the Joe Brady to Miami stuff going on. Brian is going look. There's not a ton of huge names out there that Brian Kelly's going to go hire at OC that that somebody's like, oh my gosh, that guy? They got him? They went to the NFL, and got this, that, and the other? He's going to hire somebody. Because, look, Brian Kelly is going to have his input, but he's smart enough to let his coaches coach. You know, he's obviously, like he said, no stone unturned, this, that, and the other. Tommy Reese didn't happen. Joe Brady doesn't look like it's going to happen. To me, if I was LSU... And I'm going to piss off the Arkansas fans. Why not throw the bag at Kendall Bryles? Why not? Hmm. Do I think he'd leave Arkansas? Depends on what the money is. But if y'all talking about paying $4 million for a DC... Everybody's got a price. And I've told... Look, I said it on the other show at DC. If I'm LSU, you've taken this path before. The last time you went up to Wisconsin, got a pretty good one in Dave Aranda. He's doing pretty good right about now. There's another one sitting right up there. Jim Leonard... Four million? Four million? Not for a million. Four million. Not going to coach for a million a year. We're going to give you four millions in one year. So why would you not take the same path? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. Uh, That's what I would take. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Kelly got kind of a, a. young nfl names somewhere somewhere around there but it's fascinating for me to see uh who's left out there right now and who's gonna you know pop up and be available but again why not go after garrett riley just sitting there now at tcu why not go after him i i, I don't understand it i don't know why his name had not been brought up more i agree we got a question here from kyle kennedy
3: Yeah, oh, and i like this one Kyle. Right. yeah which do you think happens first Lincoln Riley returns to Norman to face OU. The Meteor. Or Brian Kelly returns to South B, uh, South uh, Bend to face Notre Dame.
4: Well, so. Can't be I neutral site? No, Can't no, be no, playoff? No, no, no. You're asking about home, but there's, there's a way. Hmm. All right, if we expand to 12, they talked about oh, the first round. Yeah. Maybe on campus. Wow. And can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine if Lincoln Riley took USC in the first round of the 12-team playoff to go play, play Brent Venables and Jeff Levy at Oklahoma? They'd have to have more security than Drizzy.
5: Wow, that's interesting. You know what? That would mean then that LSU probably wouldn't go to Notre Dame because if they're not in a conference, because we talked about this, if they're not in a conference and it goes to 12, they probably can't get home field,
4: right? No, 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 no. So, th- so. They don't get one of the four buys okay. in, in that one scenario, but, but the still first round, maybe the first round could still have home field. Interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so he could home go field. to Notre Dame. Okay. Because what well, what what I believe is that if you earn a earn, earn a buy in the first four so the first four out of the 12 earn a bye gotcha that next get second round and on's neutral site yes yeah so I, I think as crazy as it is by earning the bye you would lose home field advantage even though you're not really losing it because you don't have to play therefore you're not risking losing oh, yeah. as dr Susie as that just sound Man. but it, no I, listen i would love that i think it'd be great for college football and you thought you saw tennessee fans throw things on the field Pssh. Man, Minnesota got injures game out there. How
3: many briskets are going to be on
4: that? Oh field? man, there's going to be more dry briskets. Good than, oh, gracious, there's there's no telling. What else the Booster Club saying?
3: Uh, we have a four dollar ninety nine nice. donation from Jay Leonard. No question behind it, just a donation. Right now, there might be a question later. He might be Jay, appreciate it, as we it speak. dog. We're going to throw another the thing, piggy bank. Boom, there it is. He already said it. All right, you already. You have to pick three current players to be your head coach, OC, and DC.
4: Who you picking? DC. Give me Grant Morgan from oh, Arkansas. I want to take Grant Morgan. <laughs> All right, I'll go three. I'll go no, three. No, no. All right, no, so three three current players. Let's see it. At quarterback, or excuse me, at uh at OC, man, this is a good one. At OC, give me, give me Matt Corral. Yeah, why not? Give me Matt. He's got the, the swag and the and some witch in him. You know, I almost want to go Bo Nix because he's seen. I thought you were going to say, say Zeb, Zeb Nolan. Zeb Nolan, Zeb be Nolan a go- wouldn't <laughs> be a bad one. He's already doing it <laughs> yeah, now again. The the Jackie Moon Award winner uh, on the show. What was the other one? O C D C head coach. Head coach, you know what? Give me the Caliendo kid, the center at Western Michigan. I freaking love that guy got to sound like John Gruden right there I freaking wow, love that McCallion. guy man Endo no kid
5: Yep wow Yep the center How are you David What about Jack Cohn, O.C. at Notre uh, Dame. Just seems like y'all could Y'all aren't even related, in. man. I know. I'm not saying it because we are. I don't even spell the same, but he just seems like, we've been talking about it, right? He's, like He, he would be like the like guy that would just know yeah. the playbook w- like the look, back of his ear. I, I wonder
4: how long him and Dave Aranda would stare at each other without saying anything
5: if you put him in a room together. And that's good because he wouldn't be the head coach. No speech is necessary. Yeah. He just seems like the type that look, would just walk into being a good coach, D. right?
3: D.C., yeah. Jordan Battle, O.C., Jamari Sawyer, head coach, Bo Nix. Welcome to the show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, that, wow. was, that was gold. That, that was, was gold.
4: gold. All right, what else do we got from the Booster Club, Blaine, as, as we're uh, wrapping we, up uh, here We had bit.
3: a couple people in the Booster Club that wanted their uh, – scrolling through the chat and did not see a familiar face. So we want to make sure we're going to give a shout-out to Eric. You know, they just saw Mario Cristobal. Had yeah. seen the chat today. Come on back, so, Eric. So, Eric, you're safe here. We love you. Eric, you know what you're saying? safe, bud. You're always safe you're, here. You're so. in the
4: trust tree. We're in the trust tree together. Yes. So hit, hit me with something. Uh, David
3: Heron, hashtag uh, Boy. Thoughts on Ohio
4: State getting Knowles as the D.C.? Look, I thought it was a good hire. I mean, Ohio State, you're in such a good spot. You know, you've you've, you've been able to establish yourself as one of the most prestigious teams throughout the country. You, you think of Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. And, and I love the Knowles hire. I mean, you're adding another legitimate coordinator to a long list of legitimate coordinators that you've had. So, you know... When you look at hires and you look at, all right, is this one good? You know, how's the system fit this, that, and the other? If you watch Ohio State this past year, they really changed what they did early in the year. So you're not having – There's it's not like the D.C. there just took an amazing job and the system he was running was great and it was – you want to run that same system, kind of like whoever takes over for Jim Boeheim at Syracuse in basketball. Are you going to run that zone that they run? You get to go in there with your system, with your identity, and kind of rebuild that side of the the ball because that's been a big problem for Ohio State. We know that. I mean, again, you've watched the games, and that's a fantastic question. But, no, I love to hire. You're hiring a quality coach, a quality guy, a quality recruiter. What else do you need to check the box? And, look, Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're going to keep getting the players. Got a question here from Kyle Kennedy. It's for you, David Cohn. Um, Hashtag
3: AskCohn. Can you give some insight to what players are going through during a coaching change? I believe we kind of hit this a couple weeks ago but he got asked, do first impressions stick? How long does it take to coach to win over Mm. a locker room?
5: Yeah, and I meant to answer that part of his question the other day when he said, do first impressions stick? I would have to say yes. I mean, by this time, you know who these coaches are. I mean, just think about someone like Brian Kelly, for instance. I mean, yeah, that that first impression sticks. Again, I'll say a little bit about what I was saying the other day. You know, so much of it is what scheme is going to be brought in because, for instance, I got brought into Michigan to run a certain type of scheme. I thought if there was ever one university Mm -hmm. who was would always want six foot five six foot six quarterbacks to be drop back passers it would be like the University of Michigan and Southern (laughs) Cal and like maybe Texas Austin right thought you were always safe there all of a sudden they say this Rich Rodriguez guy's coming in he's going to run the spread and we're going to run wind sprints every single day instead of practice and quarterbacks have to make the fastest time I mean it was just it, it wasn't you know at that point I knew that I wouldn't be the starting quarterback there I can only speak from my perspective but let's say if you were a an offensive lineman right or even I remember some of our linebackers who had bulked up to 245 to play middle linebacker in the Big Ten. All of a sudden, the new coaching staff wants them to play down at 225. We had linemen at 305 bulked up to play in the Big Ten. They wanted those linemen down to like 280. Well, that's a huge difference from what they were brought in to do. So it is very tough, especially, you know, I think you and I had talked about before, which there's there's no greater compliment you can give a coach who can come in and win with whatever type of players he has Mm -hmm. and change his system to fit the best players that he has. Remember, we were talking to Hugh yeah. Freeze about that a little bit. Malleability. Some coaches. It's exactly. malleability.
4: The the coaches that are able to be malleable, especially early, even with the transfer portal, because you're not – that's not – Bill Parcells had a great, great quote. All right. If I'm going to cook the dinner, I want to go buy the groceries. Which means I, I want to bring in what I want to be able to try. If you're, I mean, you're going to rely on me to cook the dinner, I want to be able to go get the groceries. Yeah. But early, that that's not the case. You're not going to – very rarely are you walking into a team that you're like, wow, well, this is exactly like our identity, exactly what we're doing. we got guys that are the same size I want them to be at this position, and, and they know this, and the terminology is this, that, and the other. It's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You've got to be malleable. That's how you really find out. Yeah. Like er, early until you're able to get – you know, two years of the portal are two to three recruiting cycles in. That's how that operates. And
5: one more um, answer here to finish up his his question: There is yes um, to Jake's point. When when the new co- coaching staff came in, when I was in college, it was made clear that they wanted to keep your analogy going. They're on groceries, like they made that clear. But at the same time, Rich Rodriguez and his staff made it clear to me and others like me who didn't necessarily fit into his system that it was a big that you know we as juniors and seniors were a big part of the leadership of the program he knew that after a year or two anyone he didn't recruit would be gone and he would have his own his own players that he recruited and so you know I still got to letter for two years and and be an mm-hmm. integral part of like send, you know making sure that the offense was running smooth from a sideline yeah. perspective And if I had wanted to do something like what you were talking about with Zeb Nolan and get into coaching that would have been a great opportunity yeah. for me so look different coaches handle it different ways like you were saying Nick Saban comes in and like cleans house when it comes to a coaching staff some coaches want to retain you know Brian Harson did it a different way in terms of his staff so all of them are different and you add on to that this is usually happening in December right when players are trying to get their final exams in order, yeah. might be trying to decide whether or not to play in a bowl game, and we were playing in the Citrus Bowl that year, so it's just, there's a lot going on for 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, for sure.
4: That is a great point. Alright, Brian, a couple
5: more questions before we wrap up this Wednesday. Got a question Back here for DJ Barber, hashtag AskJBoy,
3: which of the four teams in the playoff posed the biggest problem for Bama on defense, whether it's personnel, schematically, or etc.?
4: I mean, I still think it's Georgia, and people be like, wait, they scored 34, they didn't score 41, there's a pick. So everybody's like, they scored 41. I don't know as a defensive guy. I promise you it's was 34. I still think it's Georgia because they're going to know what to expect. You've played each other. Yeah. Georgia talent-wise is as talented as anybody in the country on defense. You can still say that. You had one game where you didn't play good. It just happened to be against a team you've always struggled with in the biggest game you've played the whole season. So to me, Georgia has seen you. They're going to be pissed because you embarrassed them. All those guys came back for that game. To me I still think you say Georgia. It's it's got to be in my opinion. I mean it's uh, you, Michigan loved the Hutchinson kid. They've got talented guys on defense, but to me it's still Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's still Georgia. What else you yeah.
3: got? I think Georgia's speed, speed is different yeah. with Georgia. Got a question here. From um, Grant Brown, uh, hashtag AskCone. GB. Would you have hit the transfer portal if that was the option when you were a player? Mm. And if it's yes,
5: where would you have transferred to? I was thinking about going to North Carolina. Keep in mind at that time it was a two-year sit-out for me and I had already redshirted, so yes I thought about it every single day it kept me up at nights it was a decision that I was trying to make with my family like I was telling him before there's so many different things yeah. happening at once not only school and I had, you know the biggest thing for me was I had already put in two years of equity at this place I was finally one of the upperclassmen and you know what it's like to be one of the the underclassmen mm-hmm. at a place you know and you're, you're fighting to get established and the biggest thing for me like I had said last week is I watched Matt Gutierrez okay who I didn't get an opportunity to play with but I watched Tim he was supposed to be the starting quarterback in 2000 and, and let's say 5 I believe it was 2005 hurt his rotator cuff the week of the game Chad Henney ended up having to start as a freshman he never gave that job up, yep. and he's played 12 years in the league since yep. then. Matt Gutierrez never started a down for the University of Michigan, still went to the NFL, still did five, maybe six seasons with the Patriots, backing up Tom Brady. So I saw that that was a place, even with a new staff coming in, where I was never going to be the starting quarterback, that I could still live out the ultimate dream, which was to make it to the National Football League, had I been good enough, right? Yep. And so, Because they're going to find you from anywhere, especially in an especially institution nowadays. like that. And what I was thinking was, if that's not the case, which it turned out, out not to be me playing there, that at least I would have a degree from the number two at that time, public school in the yeah. nation, you know? So yep. anyway, I'm happy with my decision and I'm here with you guys. For sure. So, you know, out, it man. is what it is. All right, we got a question
3: here from Steven G. Hashtag Ask J-Boy. Is this the craziest coaching carousel you've ever seen?
4: Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's not a carousel. It's one of those teacup things that, you know, you hold oh. on to for dear life at, at the fair. the middle? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's been a while because... Not just because there's movement. There's always movement. But it's been from Notre Dame to LSU. It's been from Oklahoma to USC. It's been from Oregon to Miami. It's not a bunch of guys just totally upgrading themselves like Billy Napier. Napier like going from a, a ULL to a Florida. You know, something like that. Uh, Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame. First head coaching job. So you've had kind of both ends of the spectrum. But the crazy part to me is that the the top end, the most movement we've seen has been from big time school to big time school. And what you're seeing is play out in real time, kind of the architecture of college football right now, where some of these guys think it's going. And we'll find out who's right and who's wrong. But to answer your question, hell yes. Mm. It's been wild. It's been the, one of the wildest years on the field. Yeah. And it's funny to say that, saying Alabama and Georgia made the playoff, because that's something everybody was going to be saying. But you look at the parity in college football this year, then you look at off the field, it's nuts, man. It, it really has. And you know what? I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's 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 been, you know, college football to me. I mean, you look at the ratings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something at the end of the day where the sport's been in the forefront for a while now. Yeah. All right, one more. All right, DJ Barber said he kind of messed that question up, worded it wrong, so
3: here's his real question. He wanted to know what offense <laughs> poses the biggest threat to Bama's defense at oh. the playoff teams.
4: You know, I I'm still going to say Georgia. Hmm. I just think they got the best roster. I mean, you look at Michigan, Haskins is a good back. Georgia's got good backs. Mm-hmm. Michigan's got a good O-line. Georgia's got a good O-line. That's Cincinnati. And McNamara and Stetson are basically the same dude. Mm-hmm. Really, when you look at it, you know, and losing Bell earlier in the year, you kind of look at that now and you're like, mm. Mm. You know, that, that's one of the guys you need, one of those game yep. breakers, one of those quick strike guys. But Cincinnati, no Would Cincinnati. Would you put
3: Cincinnati over Michigan threat-wise? No. Thank you.
4: No. On hmm. what? The, what threat? The Bengals? Yeah. On how the only
3: the, corner, I mean, the, the, the only if, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, yeah, the, only,
4: the only Cincinnati I'm putting over Michigan is the bangles. <laughs> it's you not my it, Burrow in the It's not the Bearcats. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, you could say, look, Sauce and, and then a corner are, are outstanding, yes. but offensively, Michigan, Michigan seemed better than that. They ain't got Alave. They ain't got Wilson. They ain't, I mean, I, I to be honest with you. I'd take C.J. Stroud over Desmond Ritter. I think by the time no, C.J. Sure. Well,
3: posing a threat to Bama's defense.
4: Yeah, but, but what, what I'm saying is I was going off comparisons of who's played who. So when I'm looking at, at Bama's defense, you know, the way they played against Georgia was, was extremely good, especially when they, when they were down 10. But, I mean, I, I still got to go Georgia.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with that. No, no, I agree Georgia for sure. I'm just going for the second and I third.
4: I mean, is not going to beat Alabama, th- throw Michigan to a win over Alabama. That's not happening. No, but, I mean, turn on the
3: hand, the ball off, and once Alabama been bad at Well uh,
4: they weren't. Well, look, Georgia's been pretty good at running the ball, too. So, mm-hmm. look, I, I would say, look, Georgia's the best team in the playoff outside
5: Alabama, and I'm not going to say they're better than Alabama because Alabama beat them. I agree. I don't disagree with you on a lot of those points, but Georgia got their shot. Let's go. Let's go get our yeah, shot. There you go. go. Y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the funny part is <laughs> y'all are going to get
4: y'all shot against Georgia. Yeah, that's, and and that's good. What we're going to see. Good. I
5: mean, if you're a Jim Harbaugh staff right now, I mean, you want to go. Come on, you want to go yeah. play the best right Jim now.
4: Wa- Jim walked in the eighties. Obviously, like you know what, <laughs> <laughs> you need to smile. Yeah. Did
3: we officially?
5: You can hear shred? Jim walking, but like for three years, yeah, yeah those it was because he wears cleats inside. Khaki shorts and
4: cleats. got to the playoff. Unbelievable. Did my
5: contract make the shredder yet? Yeah, he's like he's like
4: looking at. He's like, oh, from $9 million to $4 million, huh? Well,
5: speaking of four, the AD here's the needs final to be like, four. We're not changing yeah. that thing. Yeah. The this AD's is like, what it took, the, this yeah. is what The AD is going to
4: call him like Michigan-Winsonati. He calls Jim he's like, listen, I'm cutting your salary to $2 million. Yeah. <laughs>
5: uh, We That's may that. win the Super Bowl this <laughs> yeah. year. Every, uh, every AD around yeah. the country yeah. is looking I, at just this cut like, cut their salary. what a great some. idea. Nebraska did it. Yeah. Nebraska did it. I'm serious. And now watch Scott Frost. Scott Frost going to come out next season and ball. That's exactly right.
4: Exactly, because you go home and the wife's like, wait a minute. The check this month wasn't normally in
5: our bank account what it was. Yeah, but we're going to win the Big Ten West. Yeah, she's like, <laughs>
4: I don't care. <laughs> but, no, we appreciate you guys. It's so good to be back live. Uh, we're going to be live tomorrow, Friday, obviously, as well. Uh, make sure you guys uh, keep spreading the word. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn on the notifications. It's great to be back. Been a crazy day. Uh, flown more in the past couple of days than we have in a while. But shout-out to the Booster Cub Lane. Came back hot. Uh, I mean <laughs> – they stay hot.
3: They stay hot. They stay hot. So it's just those things you put in your pockets. It's like a healthy step During cold games. The hand, hand warmers. Them, the hand warmers. You oh, run wow. them together. I'm they, so proud of
5: them. I, I love the chat, I man. Am. They're the best.
4: But make sure you guys keep spreading the word. And I am going to go in the trash can at some point this week. Yes. I'm
3: thinking, uh, is it a Friday thing? I think it's, it's a Friday thing. you had thing. this planned out. Yeah, I, I got it, I got yeah, it planned yeah. out. I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm going to throw it to you guys too and make sure it's a team thing, right? Make sure everybody likes the schedule and how we do it. Okay. I appreciate that. All right. yeah, yeah, I be appreciate a, that too. It's going to be a clean I'm trash gonna can. I'm just going to keep stalling. Yeah. I'm it's going gonna gonna to be a, kick, you, kick, it's gonna be a clean that. trash can, right? It's not going to be like a. Well, I'm not jumping
4: in something that's has got like a bunch of juice. You're not going to jump in it. I'm going to throw it on you. Okay, that's fine. We'll do that. That's fine. But like the rest of the, the pre-recorded shows for this week, we're going going gone.
1: The J Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate Producer Blaine Crane. Audio engineer face on Sharif. Executive producers Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer Mark Aston. Please subscribe to the volume on YouTube where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show.
0: The Volume. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith